Oh my god, hi! Welcome back to Queer Perspective, hosted by your favorite gay lesbian duo, Andrew and Noemi. Woo! <laughs> Disclaimer, Andrew and Noemi will be talking about some sensitive topics. Proceed at your own discretion. Trigger warning. Discrimination. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, hi. Oh my god, hi. Oh my god, it's been like a whole like two hours. Two seconds. <laughs> Literally, I, I think it has been like two hours though. Like genuinely. Since we yeah. actually talked? Oh my god, it's been too long. Way too long. Way too long. Way too long. I have no idea what's on your mind. I feel so untethered. I know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, so, hello, people that are listening to us. Uh, queer perspective. That's us. Yes. I'm... Welcome back. Do we introduce ourselves every episode? Should we? Um, I mean, yeah, sure. Okay. Why not? Why? Not? I'm, I'm Andrew. I'm gay. Uh, pronouns he him. No, I mean. <laughs> I'm. No... <laughs> Sorry, I'm no Emmy. Um, pronouns. To be determined. Um, okay, cool. Not he, him, but to be determined. And um, I'm, oh, wait, actually, I'm a lesbian. So I found out that, like, the definition of lesbian is, like, a non-man loving a non-man. It's not actually just women loving women. That's a broad term. And mm. I, yeah, and I didn't know that. But, you know, TikTok told me. TikTok is not reliable. TikTok is as <laughs> reliable as Wikipedia. You know, you got to do further research. It just gets you on the right track. The way I do all my research on Wikipedia? No, I don't. Like, if there's something interesting on TikTok or Wikipedia, and then I'll, yeah. really, like, I'll like search it in other websites and find YouTube videos. You know, that's kind of all I did last year. So, anyways, should we start with the topic? Yes. Okay. So today's episode is a big one. I wouldn't be surprised if this took longer than an hour, maybe two, if we're like... Maybe we'll have to do a part two. Maybe. Oh my god, I don't know if I want to do a part two. No, maybe (laughs) maybe this episode will be so long that we have to split it in two episodes. (gasps) Oh my god. Anyways. (laughs) The gas. Anyways. So the topic is intersectionality. How screwed are you? You know, um, we decided this to be our second episode because we wanted to. The first episode was more like the beginnings of queerness, and the second episode is like, okay, now let's bring it personal because we're not. Well, I am an I, I am American, mm-hmm. but I'm first generation, mm-hmm. and you weren't born in America. No. Yeah. So. Uh, the idea is like intersectionality. So we're both technically foreigners or at least like some sense of like um, intersectionality, you know, gay and Cuban and you're right. Haitian, lesbian and a woman. Oof, triple threat. <laughs> Honestly, the way I'm like, this could be like a whole like wormhole if we yeah. just start looking into the, the Venn diagrams that I fit in. But yeah, I know. It's like, it's a lot. Um, we know we're, I know because we talk we talk about it on a regular. It's just generally our conversations is usually Noemi talking about like all the Venn diagrams that she is and how shitty it is on a daily basis. And I'm like, yeah, oh God, and it's so hard. It's like it's so hard. <laughs> I can't relate as a white as a white cis dude, but you know it is what it is. You just know, okay. So I'll keep talk looking about up, that. sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Okay, so I'm Cuban, and mm-hmm. I never told you this. But the only person that's ever called me white is you. <laughs> Nobody ever told you? No. Because I live... Okay. So that's Oh, weird... it's Miami. It's Miami. It, it, I live it's in Miami. Florida. Yeah. Um, so it's Cuban Central. And Cubans don't really... It's either... Cubans are weird because, you know, they're isolated in their communist bubble. So it's mm-hmm. pretty much they have the mentality of, like, there's only two races. Cuban and not Cuban. <laughs> so it was funny because it's like Cubans have a wide diversity of ethnicity, you know, Afro Cuban. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. plenty of Asian Cubans too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, 
and uh you know white not just like dark hair but lots of like blonde blue eye cubans mm -hmm. which um i will say though we did we did talk about um like there's a difference being considered white in south florida mm -hmm. and then you go to a place where there's actual like white people <laughs> but you're considered the white like when you go to let's say like you went to like a michigan you would be a surprised mi how many people would know that you're not like actually white if that yeah makes sense. so i'm very used to being like the cuban amongst the cubans and even then i don't feel as cuban because it's like they, mm. i haven't lived the full experience into oh my god Wormholes. What's the full experience? Like, you know. living in Cuba? Uh, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. Um, okay, so okay. we have bullet points. Actually, okay. The first bullet point is our family background. So we're going to have to talk about ourselves in, like, detail. Detail? Yeah. Um, so you, you kind of already um, started. started. Do you yeah. want to? I'll continue. Is there anything else? Yeah. Oh, there's a lot, honey. <laughs> The way you're like the history of Cuba. The history, Wait, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> that if I want to talk about the history of Cuba, this podcast is just gonna be its own podcast. <laughs> like literally episode five of the history. No, um, but I will talk about my parents' history. Mm -hmm. Um, so both of my parents were born in Cuba. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they met here in the states. Uh, my mm -hmm. father immigrated here when he was a lot younger because Cuba is not a nice place. I'll say that up front. The way I'm it's like nice. thread lightly. Thread I know. lightly. This is like okay, so this okay, I'll let's stop for a little second. I'm gonna talk about like what's going on currently. So you know the context mm. of this podcast, anybody who's okay. listening. Cause you know like we were recording this like after a whole mess of crap went down in the Caribbean, in both right. of our home countries. Um, yes. There is the protest going on in Cuba, and then, you want me to say what happened in Haiti or no? Yeah, the, the president got assassinated. <laughs> yeah. Um, so- In Haiti, specifically in Haiti. Um, yeah. No, mm -hmm. not, not in Cuba, He that motherfucker's still alive. Uh, <laughs> as, I, as we're talking right now. Um, so, it's been kind of like hectic mentally for us. I know for me, it's been like, I had to step away from social media a little bit. I was like, mm -hmm. it was too much. The imagery was too scary. The politics mm -hmm. over here was annoying. Mm -hmm. it, it was like a lot of- I checked of out a while ago. <laughs> no, like a, a good, like two weeks ago, I checked out completely. I should have. Um, sooner. Um, but yeah, it's just been crazy. If you're listening, I suggest like, educate yourself i don't want to talk because it's personal and it, i yeah. don't want to like get angry or sad right now because we're going to talk about deep shit that would naturally do it so i don't want to do it that isn't required that is before like, yeah you know, not even before that it's like i want to get sad over queer things not about <laughs> got it got it not about like political unrest or like yeah you know the plight of my people or uh, i think one thing that like we'll both agree on is like usually like you know, for anybody listening, yeah. unless if you don't already know, like, politics stuff and stuff that has to do with, like, especially, like, foreign countries or, like, even here in America is always deeper than it looks. Oh, yeah. Even if it looks like a pond or, like, a lake, it's actually an ocean. Oh, it's way Just deeper. know that. <laughs> it always is, like, That's surprising. all. That's it. Yeah. Like, even, like, I know a lot about the politics in Cuba and what's going on. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, when you look into, like, other countries and the complex, like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's too much information. Yeah. I'll just support. It's, no, it's a lot. <laughs> it is always a lot. Um, but I was going to say, so yeah, you know, we're not going to really go into it. I'm just saying, educate yourself. Um, listen to the people of the, our countries on what's going on and what to do. But right now we're just going to talk about queerness associated with said countries and ethnicities. Yeah, so, so mostly like focusing on on us experiencing those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back to parents and mm -hmm. how they came to this country. Because my grandparents, like I talked said in a previous episode, are Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm -hmm. Um and the thing with Cuba, 
yeah. The thing with Cuba is that it, let me put this. They didn't, for a while now, they didn't support any kind of religious freedom. Um, my grandparents were sent to prison in Cuba for practicing being Jehovah Witnesses. Like, they were prisoners. And when they got out, got on a boat and got the fuck out of there. <laughs> so Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Which a lot of people did in Cuba. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, it, it, with the communist regime, it was more like if you weren't following the rules, you would have gone to prison or disappeared or something. So there was a little mass migration out of the country. Uh, so my grandparents on my father's side came to this America so they could practice their Jehovah's Witness freeling. And um, I think they went to California first for some reason. I always thought that was weird. Mm -hmm. And then my father was raised in California and then he came back to Miami. My mother was in Cuba for a lot longer. She was in Cuba until the 80s. Uh, yes. She was here on, um, she got here on the, I believe it's a Matriel or Maria, the Marriott boat lift. It, so, uh, my mother's father, so my grandfather, uh, mm -hmm. was part of the government. He was, uh, part of the communist, like, you know, he was, I don't remember specifically what was his job, but he was like, you know, a higher up. Uh, he was diagnosed with, uh, leukemia in Cuba and he like on his dying years realized well he realized beforehand that the government was corrupt as fuck mm -hmm. and he took it upon himself to get as many people as he can off the island mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. with his connections and stuff like that uh, he never did get to my mom and my grandma to get them off mm -hmm. before he died so that kind of left my mom in a weary, weird place because her father was part of the government. I don't think they ever found out what he did. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, her, her grandfather was dead. The mom was depressed in the country where everybody was starving, yada, yada, blah, blah. Um, then comes the boat lift situation in the 80s, which was... Uh, Boats that would come, pick up Cubans, and then take them to America. Uh, Fidel, being the mm -hmm. evil genius that he was, decided to empty out all his prisons and amongst the civilians that were escaping the country, throw in a couple of convicts in there. <laughs> yeah. So I have nothing to say. I know. I absolutely like, literally, nothing this is say. the background of like <clears throat> my thing of how my parents came to the Cubans. So this is like... It all pertains to like my views of foreign countries and the how I'm like, I know I'm privileged. Mm. I know I'm fucking privileged. Mm, mm -hmm. Even though I was like, I have intersectionality. It's like, at the very least, I didn't have to come on this country in a boat full of convicts that literally my mom, my mom was talking about the story today because there was another Cuban at the salon that she was with. And they were talking about how they got into this country. And like my mom was saying, like, literally, they were only like a couple of like, miles away from Havana and then the ship broke and nobody was going to send any help. Yeah. Personally, I don't know how she survived. The um, ship broke in the middle of the ocean? Yeah. No, like Fidel wanted people to die in the ocean. Like he did not care not cool. about the people. He's put convicts in there. He's like the people who didn't want to stay. A lot of Jehovah Witnesses and other religious, uh, religious affiliates on one of the boats that my mom was on, on the boat my mom was on, there was a Jehovah Witness family. And they kind of act as the moral center of that whole, it's a whole story. Somehow they got the working. They got to this country. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's how they both ended up here because when my mother got here, she, cause in Cuba, they were really insular. Education may be great, but they kept it in a mm -hmm. bubble. Like my mother didn't mm -hmm. even know what the Bible was growing up. Um, so when she got here and she knew Jehovah Witnesses kind were like helping her on the boat, when she got to America and got older, she became a Jehovah Witness. And then oh. that's how my mom and my dad met. And wow. that's how you make an Andrew. Jehovah wow. Witness and communist regimes. <laughs> wow. Um, so um as you can see, there's a lot of background to that, but uh 
my mom, like I said, was very supportive of me. Um, and like that's your sexuality, or like she's your she's been person. through shit. <laughs> like yeah, she's been through shit. She's yeah. probably one of the most supportive because she's been through shit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she told me once that one of her best friends in Cuba mm -hmm. was you know, super gay, <laughs> but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like his his nickname for himself was um, Marilyn. Uh, Marilyn Monroe, Madeline. Oh, wow. He was blonde, Why blue Why did I think eye. you were going to be, like, limp wrist? Like, that was his nickname? Like, Y'all, like... apparently, based on my mom's story, he was. <laughs> like, that yeah. That was his personality. Mm -hmm. um, but even though everybody made fun of him, my mom was best friends with him. And mm -hmm. then when the boat lift happened, he was living with his grandmother at the, in Cuba. The grandmother did not accept him, threw him on the boat lift by himself. Yeah, and he had to been like 14 or something like that. So on a boat, buy a teenager, go to cute America. And the boat broke. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's a Cuban life. Um, and then when he got to America, my mom met up with him again because they went to school together. And he, she even pretended to be his beard. For a while, because okay. his parents okay, in America. Ally. <laughs> no, my mom is. I love her. Uh, so that's how it, it's like. The like, did I assimilate? Thank God that I have the mother that I have today. Mm -hmm. She um, was the beard for her that for Madeline, mm -hmm. and but his parents did not accept him at all. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, once he became eighteen, they said like similar to his grandmother, gave him a one-way ticket to, like, New York. It's like, goodbye. Look. I mean, all my I'm mom about is how they shipped him to, like, one of the gay cities in the Yeah, United that States. was kind I of, mean... at the very least, they did, like, we don't, we don't approve, but so get the fuck out here and just live your life. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of how Cuban culture has been. About. Mm -hmm. I could go into detail about, like, how Cubans treated, like, at least as far as I knew, how Cubans, Cubans treated gays. Like, um, do you want to hear a sad story? <laughs> <laughs> the way in, I'm like, trigger Cuba, warning, homophobia. Um, <laughs> um, I, it's a quick story, because I don't know that much details. I might as well, okay, okay. yeah. Um, because it was during the AIDS crisis. And uh, mm -hmm. that I know. I think there was been stories like before Cubans would do like you know uh, those ch ch camps to like change them, change them. Oh, the yeah. conversion. Yeah, but um, with the AIDS crisis, what they did was they round up all the home, all the gays, like round them up all the gays, and then put them in the camps, mm -hmm. and this isolated them from the rest of Cuba until they died of AIDS. And then they were like well, I don't know if they were well fed. There were even rumors that like, oh, they're feeding those gays, but they're not feeding the people. But like, that's the story. Like, they just separated the gays and let them die of the AIDS. Um, like I said, it was short. We're definitely gonna have to put like a trigger warning for homophobia. I know. It, it, I mean, it's like that is the basis of intersectionality. A lot of people, and that's why I'm always just like. Come out to people, come da, 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 because it's like I know the history of a very homophobic, very dangerous country that I did mm -hmm. not experience, and I don't want to. And I appreciate that I don't live there. Wait, but uh, you said come out to people. What do you mean come out? Did I? Yeah, you said come out to people. Oh, last episode, remember? Oh, I see, I see. That's what I was referring to. I'm sorry, I should have clarified. But yeah, I feel like I felt like I could come out to me because my mom was, like you said, a great ally. Uh, even Jehovah Witnesses mm -hmm. <laughs> were giving her shit about me, but she was like, and she was the only one of the sisters that actually mm -hmm. was like, I would, I'll be okay with a gay son. I don't think there's anything, you know, to the people. So fuck, you know. Uh, so my assimilation was good. The <laughs> way so you're like, my family has a really fucked up history, but I'm perfect. My mom accepted me. <laughs> I'm in a good place. Um, and I and I appreciate it. That's the way mm -hmm. I stand. I just know yeah. that it I was like probably like 
an inch away of being hate crimed in another country, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean facts. So your turn? Okay. Um Okay, so I said last episode that I was from Haiti. Um, I lived there for 12 years before I moved here. Um, if anybody remembers, like a couple years ago, um, in 2010, there was a really, really big earthquake. Um, mm, yeah, and I was, was living in Haiti during that time. <gasps> you which were? is why. Yes! <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> That's why I ended up leaving. <laughs> No, no, no. Not you being surprised. We never talked about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tend not to like mention it. Um, cause I it's, would... it's a big thing. Cause it's like, people don't, it's, it's rare to f meet people that have gone through like natural disasters. Um, and it puts people in a very weird thing where they're like, oh my God. And then I, I started getting tired of people being like, oh, well, look at everything that you've done with it. And I'm like, I could have been a great person even if I hadn't been traumatized by nature. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's not a good justification. No. Um, so I stopped mentioning it after after a while. Oh, wow. Um, but always on my college applications, any application that I'm doing, I always mention it because people you, love you, trauma here. They I, do. People love trauma they here. They do. They do. I mean, that's they're always like, oh, my God, somebody that like came from nothing, from garbage, from trauma, from destruction. Yes. Have all of our money every single time. That's the American dream. Maybe you know? I shouldn't have mentioned that. Why? But I mean, I don't know. I don't want these people to like, I don't know who's going to listen. So maybe they're going to be like, true. wow. She's using her trauma. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll have to cut this out. Are you well, sure? In any case, mm. I went through trauma, so it's my story to tell. Mm. Um, and everything that I say in those essays is true anyways, so it doesn't matter. In any case, um, so that's why I ended up moving here. Uh, before, you know, last episode I talked about the history, not really the history of, of Haiti. Um, as any other Caribbean country, Haiti has a history of being homophobic. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest religion in Haiti is Catholicism, which gives you an idea. Everybody's super into homophobia there. Mm. It's like, it goes hand in hand with Catholicism. Yeah. <laughs> which is just, that's already a lot to unpack in the first place. Mm -hmm. But um, so I grew up with embedded homophobia in different things. And the whole time, like, I would be confused. Like, I would be like, why are we, why is this such a big issue? Like, what is, I explained a story, like, last episode where, like, my mom was talking about somebody who was in my school, in my all-girls, like, Catholic school, and was suspected to be gay or into women. And then my mom was, like, freaking out about it. And I was just sitting there as a kid. I'm like, I don't get what the issue is. Um, so it's been like that a lot. Like, I've had feelings like that where it's, like, people around me, people of Haitian descent, people from my family like express homophobic thoughts and I just don't get it until I started accepting my family as homophobic as one does. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of assimilating, I don't think that I assimilate at all. Mm. <laughs> because um, I think there was a point in my life where I was like the quintessential like Haitian woman that would be desired from parents and family members and whatnot. Mm. Um, and still in some ways I am, you know, in terms of like career accomplishments, um, education is very important in Haitian culture. And I have an engineering degree. I'm doing my PhD. It's, it's a bragging thing, mm. but I think in any other way, like a couple, I think maybe a year ago now, I cut all of my hair off. My hair was like super long and like curly. And I was like, I'm so tired of this. Um, so I cut it all off, which is like, hair is such an important thing in Haitian culture. And as a woman, like, I mean, just as a woman, regardless of culture, like whenever you're cutting your hair off, it's usually seen as you putting yourself in a position to be less attractive to men. And in a culture like Haitian culture that is so heteronormative, that is a very difficult decision for women to accept. Mm. Um, so me doing that, my mom was like, why would you ever do that? Blah, blah, blah. All of, every single time I talked to like a family member. Well, not every single time. Now I think it's let up a little bit. But before it was a lot of like, oh my God, I can't believe you cut your hair off. But then. It's cute. Now, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. 
I I I agree. <laughs> I think I'm cute with this. Yeah, haircut. I like it better short with you. It right? fits you better. Before it was so like annoying. Like it sticks yeah. every. You know, it's really hot in Florida, so it's like I'm yes. always sweating, and like my hair sticks all over my. I hate it. I hate that feeling of like my mm. hair sticking to my face because I'm sweaty. Mm. In any case, um, but what's happened in my family though is like I think all of the younger. Not all, but me and my other cousin have cut like our hair short. And then I think as a ripple effect, I mean, my mom had her hair cut short like before, but then my, a couple of my, of our aunts like followed afterwards. Mm. So that was cool. So they kind of okay. stopped complaining a bit. Um, but I still know that it's like an ideal. I think that like a lot of the way that like I dress, um, what I listen to, what I, consume is not part does not like put me in the best position to be like like the great like Haitian daughter that you could like just marry off to like some Haitian dude or something like that mm. so yeah I don't think I assimilate <laughs> I think and I think like my parents probably it's not that like they'll call me and they'll say like i can't believe you did this and blah 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 but i think there was a time where they were like perplexed like genuinely so yeah oh that sounds <sighs> yeah <laughs> i mean it's like i get it yeah um i think the thing that i've come to terms well maybe not come to terms but like is my conclusion is that as i get more explorative with who I am and like my identity, the more I'm going to be, the more distance there's going to be between like the idea of what my parents would want me to be mm -hmm. and who I am. Um, I know that even growing up, my mom wanted me to be like so much more like girlier. Like I hate heels. And there was a time where I was okay with entertaining the idea, but it was a very passive thing. Like my mom would buy me the heels and then she would be like, wear them at church. And I would be like, okay, <laughs> And then I would wear them to church for an hour or two. And then if we had to do anything after church, I would get really angry because I hated wearing heels so much. Um, my mom has complained before that, like, I don't like doing just, like, nail things or, like, mm -hmm. the artificial beauty, like, things that women do to um, look better. I don't really like doing that. It's not really an innate, like, thing in me. Mm -hmm. And I never showed interest to, um, for that. When I was younger, like, I had a lot of interests that uh, were, like, typically a little boy's interest or, like, a guy's interest. Mm. Whenever my car, whenever my dad was working on, like, our cars, like, in Haiti, I used to watch him all the time. I played with all of the remote-controlled cars that <laughs> my brother had. And I played with, like, toys that women or girls had, but I also equally <laughs> played with all of the toys that, like, my brother had. I also read a lot, but yeah. So that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Family history and assimilating. Um, short answer is no. Yeah, okay. Okay. It's interesting because it's like you don't feel like you assimilate, but I feel like I do. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's actually, it's weird because in some circles, even though I'm aware that there is... Like, let's say there was a template for, like, who my parents envisioned for me to be. Mm -hmm. There would still be space for me to fill, right? There would still be things for me to do to properly fit in that, like, that image that they had of me. But whenever I'm in a Haitian circle where I'm meeting strangers, friends of the family, um, other people like that, like, I always get complimented. And I, I'm always well-liked. Like, mm. Um, people will always say, like, you're so pretty. I really like your hair. Um, wow, you've done so many things, like, with your schooling, with, um, you know, again, engineering degree. That's very high. Like, education is such a big thing in Haitian culture, especially, like, when you're in medicine, when you're an engineer, when you're, like, a lawyer. All those things are, like, really highly coveted. So it's it's both that duality of like knowing that like in some way shape or form like you're not everything that your parents mm. wanted you to be but you still you know aside from queerness because nobody that i know in the haitian culture is like knows that i'm queer but oh really? aside from <laughs> well my cousins do 
But um, okay. aside from that, um, I fit in that stand. You know, the the hair thing, like the short hair thing, is like I don't really get a lot of call outs because of that. But it's probably because it's like Haitian strangers and they're trying to be like polite or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm always aware that like I'm well liked in Haitian circles. So. Okay, that's interesting. Um, because how can I put this? Um, I know I'm very supported in my immediate family, talking about mm -hmm. my mom and my brothers and some of my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know the extended family. That's where it gets dicey. That does, it gets super dicey. Okay, so yeah. we're going to get into politics. Um, whatever party you voted, if you're listening, if you voted, um, I don't judge you, but um, I know overwhelmingly almost my entire family, except for us, like our, like my media family, mom, mm -hmm. we all voted left. We all voted mm -hmm. Democrat. Everybody else voted right. Which is, you know, that's not a surprise as uh, if anybody from like Florida is listening. Mm -hmm. It's not a surprise. No, it's not. You know, Cubans are known for vo for voting right. Yeah, they are voted. Yeah, it's annoying because it's like I understand as a Cuban, I understand where they're voting right because they're very anti-communist, mm -hmm. and you know, the news media is on the right, like Fox News and stuff, love to throw out those socialist left. So they bought wholesale the concept mm -hmm. that like anything in this country could be socialist, <laughs> specifically a whole political party like okay yeah sure honey and <laughs> and you know eating meat <laughs> like it's like oh yeah i could be vegan eating mcdonald's yeah 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 yeah, yeah i believe that too <laughs> and like i mean we're we're in a capitalist country you could it's, don't they have that burger that's like made from like <laughs> grilled meat? i'm so serious right now it's either there. I'm, i know that burger king has one for sure anyways Anyways, I get your point, though. I, it was I a metaphor that. saying it's like, yes. we're in a capitalist country, wholesale, like, so anything happening socialist is, like, far-fetched. Um, but the Cubans in Florida pretty much vote, I don't think they vote, but they vote, like, 60-40, mostly on the right. Mm -hmm. And they also, also, it's like maybe they still bring some of the mentality of Cuba and how they would treat the homosexuals and how they would be. Anybody that was considered different would probably be sent to prison. But also, it's like double down with the right rhetoric in America, where it's very, again, very Christian, mm -hmm. um, very anti gay, the right, as much as. And you know, I, th I think aside from like, um, like economics, I. I'm also aware that a lot of Caribbean people mm -hmm. or just people that are not from America are, they're conservative in every way, mm -hmm. but when they come here, it's difficult for them to be conservative because they're considered a minority. Yeah. And in America being conservative also means that you're probably racist or you yeah. probably support racism, systemic racism in some way. Yeah. Form. It, 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 that's so just how the it happens. I think it happens with other countries as well. Like I've heard of people from Haiti um, that vote on the right because it's in in every other way, like in every other issue, their their mentality is conservative. Mm. So they think that that's the party for them. But here, the right literally actively hates on minorities. <laughs> they do. So. They do. Um, I mean, it's like the it's. The party that voted in trump it's like you kind of they they've sold their soul to the devil i you can't convince me otherwise and the funny thing is is like with cuban cubans don't vote they don't there's no voting it's communist it's a regime it's a dictatorship mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. maybe recently there was a quote-unquote president eh, not really uh, but for most of the past, whatever, it's been a dictatorship. They had no freedom of speech, no voting, no nothing like that. So when they get over here, and then they know that they, like, are anti-communist, a lot mm -hmm. of them go jump into politics. I mean, Rubio, look at that motherfucker. 
uh, and it's interesting. It is, it's just, it is, it's like they have this freedom now. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're on the wrong side, but they have freedom now. And they're just yeah. sort of like, th- they know how to maneuver that game and they play it. And it's in it, the way I'm bringing this up is because, um, I know, like, I know politics and I know, like, mm-hmm. our right leaning Florida governor has passed several trans bill, anti-trans bills under the radar, anti-protesting bills under the radar, a lot of stuff. And it's like, I'm aware of that, but I know like the conservatives that are voting for them don't really care. Mm -hmm. I've talked, they don't really care. They just wanted Mm -hmm. like no more socialism and they'll take, let's like, they'll take the whole package. It's like, homophobia, we'll take it with you. Anti-trans, take it, racism, we're Cuban. There's no race. Mm -hmm. You're either Cuban or you're not. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and it is um infuriating because it's like it's like people that they're voting against their own interests in this country mm-hmm. and it's like family members voting against their own interest and then voting against in the end of the day their own family i know we have i've had that conversation and my mom had that conversation with aunts and uncles it's like you're voting for a whole party that doesn't want to give your nephew rights. Like, what are you, what are you doing about that? It's like, but what about communism? Like, what the fuck about communism? <laughs> We're not in Cuba anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, probably, you know, taking it back to psychology. It's probably yeah. a trauma response. Yeah, like, that probably deep-rooted. is. Deep-rooted. <sighs> um, deep-rooted. Yeah, it is. Um, so... It's interesting because it's like, sometimes I feel like I do feel supported, but sometimes I feel like I'm in on an island. Because it's like, in the neighborhoods mm-hmm. that I live have been overwhelmingly right-winged. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly, like, I do not see rainbow flags or any kind of support for the LGBT mm-hmm. where I live. Um, though I see plenty of um, Trump flags still. Still? Yeah. They, I guess they're lazy That's and they so didn't take it down. <laughs> I know. That's so they, Okay, some of them replaced it or like put the Cuba flag because of the protests. Okay. But, um, but it's like sometimes I do feel like an island in my own because it's like I've been in a lot of circles that are very Cuban or Hispanic centric where mm-hmm. I was the only gay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. only. Our engineering. Uh, oh, my gosh. neighborhood, the neighborhood, the hot places I lived, um, mm-hmm. uh, the, my previous places of work, uh, where I'm, uh, where it's Hispanic centric mm-hmm. and there are not a lot of openly gay men. And that's another, yeah. interesting, there's a, there's a little, there's a discrepancy there because it's like, I know Cuban culture has a lot, a lot of gay men. A lot, but they're all... Not you calling out your entire community. <laughs> You're like, I see you. They had I enough of hiding. Them. They have enough of put them in camps in Cuba, so... <laughs> That's a dark joke, but it's true. Oh, God! <laughs> it's true! <laughs> that was so out of pocket. I mean, but, it's like, but it's history. there's accuracy. <laughs> a lot of people want to talk about, like, Harvard. Like, this was literally, like, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. They did that, like, literally 90 miles away from America. <laughs> um, And it's very, I don't know what the, like, I've hit, I've been reached out, you know, like, people come, it's like, on the DL, Cuban men, to see if I was into the DL too. I'm like, no, I'm openly gay. And then they mm-hmm. scurried into the shadows. <laughs> so I'm very accustomed to both. It's that something to not be proud of, but it is mm-hmm. part. People are. It's just like, what are you gonna, what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. So I'm the only one with the rainbow flag in a very. Yeah. Anti-rainbow. Yes. Neighborhood, yeah. Yeah, but at the very least, I do count my blessings and I do at the very least in my own home. Yeah, you feel safe. That's good. Yeah. Love that. Love that for you. <laughs> well, you're not living. You're on the No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, That wasn't like a comparison to like me or anything okay. like that. Like I, I genuinely meant like 
good for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Thank you. Yes, I do count my blessings. So, yeah. um, so we talked about how it was, how, like, how our, we came into this country. Well, I was born in right. this country. But how my right. parents came and how you came into this country. And mm -hmm. just sort of, like, the basics. It's sort of, like, the background. It's the background. Because it, yeah. it doesn't even have background. to do with, like, with us now. Of, like, how our parents and how our yeah. families were raised in homophobic and anti-LGBT countries. Mm -hmm. So, and we've talked about, like, fitting in in our own cultures so do you want to like go more into that or um i actually was gonna pivot because yeah, you mentioned pivot. um you know us going to school together and you i was gonna say that like engineering is such a desert for openly queer people it um is. well like, it's I, a, I, i'll it's, say it's in, dry it's it is dry, dry. <laughs> it is dry very dry um i would say like in my current Office of Employment, we had somebody come out as trans. So that's mm. a win. Yay. <laughs> I mean, it's something, you know? Mm -hmm. um, no, I, I agree. Just, yeah. It's like that uh, a STEM-centered uh, career business. Which, is, honestly, the bravery to... Yeah, it is. Yeah. I... Is. <sighs> so... Um, but you were saying about yeah um i mean can we yeah this is an aside but can we mention the study that we were part of because there is confidential we can't talk about specifically what we talked about in the study right but we can talk that about how there was a study yeah we can talk about how there was a study okay so as an example i mean i feel like this is more like your story than me but as an example there was a study for um hispanic lgbtq people and engineering um, in our engineering school, and I think initially Andrew only showed up, right? Yeah, it was, was only, only you. One. Yeah, it was only me. And then the study, like, eventually had to expand to include everybody that could identify under any letter in the LGBTQ. It's like, like not even that. Which is how I came a part of that study. Like they also expanded it to STEM in general. Just oh, they did. I didn't know that because it's like engineering was like where it's like okay and it was still it, like five of us like four <laughs> or five they, of us they got a couple in mathematics from the main okay. campus um, okay but yeah no in the end of the day it was like engineering engineering only and like literally and this is a paid it, it was study four people it was a paid <laughs> yeah study. it was paid <laughs> so there was an incentive yeah but no and it was like four people total right Mm, I don't, that's confident. I don't know. We weren't informed Ooh. how many people. Well, were. for us, like for our room. Yeah, it was four. So it was, it was literally only me that identified as like a woman that was like, and the LGBT, and everybody else was like a guy. Yeah. And I was just sitting there like, even when it's minorities assembling, <laughs> I'm still somehow the minority within the minority. It is true because we were all minorities in that study yeah. too. Yeah. Um, true. It was very interesting um <laughs> it, it 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 just sort of like opened my eyes to the whole like oh i'm like really on an island <laughs> mm -hmm. with a, mm -hmm. not a lot of populace because it's like miami and florida does have a big lgbt scene but it's like isolated and separated you know it's like does it have a big LGBT? I mean, it has a lot of like gay clubs and shit like that. It's not as big as like other cities, and most people come here to just fuck. Um, yeah, I was like, isn't that just because people just want to fuck? Yeah, I don't think it's anything where it's like you actively see people like actually yeah. dating that are like in the LGBT. Yeah, but that's just never. Miami in general. Yeah, you don't see that. Yeah. Um, so I. It just sort of like dawned on me, like, oh shit. It's like, I thought I was in the desert, but it's like, it's that realization. Oh, yes. Yes. Confirmation. Conf like, confirmed, yeah. Desert for miles. So, yeah. It honestly isn't surprised that I didn't lose my virginity until I was 29. Ha! <laughs> yeah, because I was in the desert for most of my life. And I still haven't yeah. had sex in like over a year. So, yay! Oh. <laughs> I'm back in the desert. Just a small For anyone stuff. that thinks that this is an invitation, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
coming down. Hit me up if you can. I mean, we're keeping um, this semi. Yeah, hit, hit up the queer perspective. <laughs> yeah, just podcast email. Because we're keeping our like identities for now semi secret, but like, somewhat, yeah, yeah. And honestly, we're doing that kind of like you told because we're like intersectionality. We are concerned about. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. So I mean, um, like you have a corporate job. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I, I don't have a corporate job, but I have an institution that I'm like tied to. Mm-hmm. And there's like being like a PhD person. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, the things that I mean, I personally feel it like the things that you're allowed as like a double, triple quadruple minority is just like not it's very small so i'm not trying to step on anybody's toes i'm not trying to step step on anybody's like administrative toes or like political toes any types of toes so yeah semi semi confidential yeah semi um just you know we not 100 percent sure close friends Uh, only (laughs) yeah well for now hell not even we're still we're like we're not we're still putting it into i just want to put it in the ether and see what happens yeah, um, close friends and strangers only. But um, it's so that's kind of like our feeling. I again, like the best way to describe myself. I'm it's like I'm not even alone on the island. I am the island alone, <laughs> just, just secluded. Mm-hmm. I am a land. The way I'm like, the way I'm like island meet. I don't even know what I would be. What would I be compared yeah, to? Like, like if I you feel to... like you're an island, like what would I be? that's how i feel like i feel like the i don't know a lot of queer people um Mm. i in all my circles and i've been i'm very verbose and a very like you know not a social butterfly but i'll strike up conversations and it's like Mm -hmm. can't find other gays Mm -hmm. (laughs) um or like people that are willing to dive Yeah, it's an, it's another willingness because it's like I guess it's because I I was raised to be okay with who I am. I'm loud and proud. But literally mm-hmm. it's very common in Caribbean families and Hispanic mm-hmm. families where that's shut down. We have plenty of friends that are, you know, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that limp wrist. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. Um we know, they know, they told us but when they don't want to even like pretend that they are in Monk's immediate family or even mm-hmm. in like within a 50 mile radius of them because it's just mm-hmm. that you know that's press it's like you have friends we have friends you know mm-hmm. so i'm i'm not surprised that a lot of the only ones that do come forward are the ones that like hear my loud ass gay voice from down the hall and then mm-hmm. send me a dm mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah uh, in one case, it was at a workplace, and it was like he asked a friend to ask a friend to ask me. <laughs> he just didn't want to be known as the gay guy. I'm like, how old were you? I am the gay guy. How old were you? Um, twenty five, twenty six, more or less. That's like elementary school stuff. Okay, I'll I'll and get this guy had to be in that's like thirties, like, you know, I think. elementary to high school stuff. That's yeah, crazy. it is, it is, but that's kind of like how. People view but also, sexuality. I'm holding space for it because sexuality and trauma. And yeah, it's like scared, I yeah. don't blame them. If they, if this was a heterosexual situation, I'd be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" But I understand that it's like I have, I know people in their fifties who can never talk to their parents again because mm-hmm. they're queer of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. The way you were just saying that you don't know any queer people, but you've been naming evidence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they are literally like the same person. <laughs> I just pretend it's confidential. <laughs> oh, I see. Oops, my bad. <laughs> I will slowly back away. <laughs> like literally, the, all these people that I'm talking about come out to like three people at the end I of see. the day. <laughs> I see. Okay. Uh, and then you're just like you know, make it seem. <laughs> but I get I you know you called called me out. Um, but it is true. My bad. And, like I will count down. Let me see. How many people? There was in high school. There were two, mm-hmm. and I think a lesbian. Mm. Uh, I went to college for a little bit, and then I had to drop out because of financial reason, and I only knew one guy. 
asked him out. He wasn't interested. Mm -hmm. Uh, work. The person that asked the friend that asked the friend. That person. So many hoops. I have like two gay uncles-ish. Like, it was like my mom's friends that was a gay couple, but this was before gay marriage was legal in this country. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's mm -hmm. another thing. Did we all forget that it's the gay marriage hasn't even been legal for like 15 years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's only been like 12 years. 13 years. It's like, did we forget that? <laughs> that literally it hasn't been legal that long. You know, there's a certain amount of self-awareness that I don't want. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't like, want it. A lot of us is like, another thing is like, oh my God, we have to be, but it's like, it hasn't been that long. It's been barely above 10, 10 years. It's been barely a mm -hmm. decade. Mm -hmm. um, but before them, before the olden times, you know, 13 years ago, um, they weren't allowed, you know, you can get married in America, a gay, a gay couple. Mm -hmm. So they went to Canada to get married. Um, and I remember my mom was their witness. Mm -hmm. uh, they, your mom just stays like she is. She's just going around being I, that's the only, everybody. That, that's the that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she was uh, their witness, uh, and was always backing them up. She also helped them because that was another fucked up thing. I think um with uh, adoption trigger warning homophobia. <laughs> As if this whole episode doesn't have like homophobia. <laughs> I mean, it's like that is the basis of uh, like intersectionality is the idea of yeah. it, like, you know, in these cultures, they just don't. Um, yeah. But, anyways, I was saying about like adoption. Um, that was another thing that it's a bitch and a half to adopt as a gay couple. Mm -hmm. um, they had to have like a kid in foster care for over a year or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they had to do separate court dates to adopt the same child instead of together. Because, <laughs> you know, it was like, well, okay, this is a cool part, but that was simply because of the judge. Because mm -hmm. one of them was adopting their second child. Because before they had to do, do it separate court dates. It's a bit, and this was like, had to been like, the kids are now like six, seven, so that was like five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, separate court dates. But the, for the second kid, they adopted, they were gonna do it again. One of them was gonna adopt the, the their daughter and the other one was gonna adopt it later for the next mm -hmm. court date. The judge really was like, why the hell are we doing this on separate dates and why don't we just do you two together at the same time? Yeah. And then like the judge was like, fuck that shit, we're doing it now. Everybody's getting adopted. <laughs> And that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, I was there um, for the court thing. So that also set the standards. Like, you know, it's dry in the desert and I'm alone on an island, but at least I had an example of supportive parents and like, I you know, see. the kindness and how, you know, getting a relationship and getting married yeah. and shit like that was like, and I, yeah. um, Can't but relate, then again, but I go off. I, it's like isolated incidents, isolated incidents. I see. Yeah. It, that's the way I feel about it. And I'm, yeah. I do have examples of support of isolated but it's like few and far between again i was counting mm -hmm. the people that i literally know that are openly mm -hmm. gay oh openly gay mm -hmm. oh i have to cut out a couple of people <laughs> <laughs> like the person who he wasn't openly gay the one that was asking other people to call um yeah uh the couple and you count right <laughs> <laughs> now you mean like right <laughs> <laughs> You're part of the alphabet community, right? <laughs> like, yes. Okay, and then... And our other friend from engineering. Oh. Well... Yeah. Well... Yeah. Mm. You anyways. See, yeah, anyways. Besides the point, isolated incidents, very few and right. far between. I wanted to just make a point that it's like, yes, I sound like I was talking to a lot of people, but it's like, I'm observant and I look for these situations and I, I keep them because it's like literally all of those things were in the span of like 12 years. Those are all the gay wow. incidents I could say. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. So 
Um, I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that, like that, like the previous story. I'm like a small broken rainbow boat in the middle of the ocean. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> Follow up. Your turn. Well, yeah. I think I think um, in high school I was a little bit luckier than maybe not most, but definitely than like luckier than you. Yeah. Um, I went to an art uh, magnet mm. school. Yeah, you said and, that. And yeah, and at the time, I don't know if this is real reality or not, but at the time, I definitely felt that if you weren't queer, you were definitely the minority. Really? If you were genuinely straight, like you were the minority. That's Can't how relate. <laughs> yeah. Can't um, relate. And that's that's how I felt because you know it's it's a bunch of like high schoolers, super creative, encouraged to like. Uh, there was this thing about like there was this feeling of like embodying your art. So there was like a lot of emphasis in terms of like exploring with your style, um, exploring everything. Um, for some people that included sexuality, for some, you know, it didn't. Um, the person who introduced me to K-pop, which was the reason I confirmed my <laughs> sexual, my, at least that opened the door was yeah. at the time, like a lesbian. Um, I'm not sure about now, but um, at the time they were, they were lesbian. Um, that just tells you everything that you need to know. Mm -hmm. um, I coming out of high school, like I had two friend groups, and one of them was like, I think mostly straight that I or they weren't really into talking about sexuality. And then the other group that I was friends with, like ever, I think everybody but like maybe two people weren't weren't queer in some way, shape, or form. Um, so that group. I stayed in contact with a couple of them through like Twitter and stuff like that. So for a while after graduating from high school, I felt like I had a, you know, digital, but still like a community of like gay people mm. plus or of queer people. And then plus, you know, coming from fandom, being in fandom circles, um, I liked One Direction that I transferred over to like EXO and GOT7 and mm. what's the other group? Oh, I, I forgot. I love the fact that <laughs> we're like different generations. Here I'm talking about yeah. like when gay marriage and the AIDS crisis, and then you're talking about right. <laughs> no, seriously, not to different like, experiences. Yeah, it's very different. I could say that. Yeah, we're different. There's an age gap between us. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I that entire community, mm -hmm. um, most people that I felt like I was following from that community, like eventually came out as some kind of. Oh, really? and yeah like i i had a friend i actually met her um she <sighs> also has the same name as me but she lives in canada and then we she i i don't we interacted in some way like on tumblr and because we had the same tumblr. name right on t tumblr <laughs> tumblr um, oh my god <laughs> i don't want to like overgeneralize but like a lot of people on Tumblr were like queer. A yeah, lot of people I that was I on followed Tumblr. on Tumblr were like, they <laughs> <laughs> were like, me, a queer was on Tumblr confirmed. Yeah. Um, so I, she like interacted with my stuff and then we became friends. And then like a couple years later, I think I had, I was having like, I had my queer like awakening or whatever, like a little, a couple years earlier than her. Mm -hmm. But then we followed, we continued following each other on Twitter. And like now I know that she's, I mean, I don't know what she identifies as, but I know she's queer. Yeah, um, or falls within you know the community and stuff like that and that happened a lot for people that i or if that's how i remember it um it just felt like a lot of people around me were um queer in some way shape or form like whether that meant like bi pan trans um so but that was like the circle of like friends and people around me um but digitally in real life mm. it was much more like way drier than that of course because nobody's like waving around their sexuality because safety mm. um, and when i was in community school there was like a really big uh haitian presence oh. so those were the people that i stayed friends with initially mm. and i briefly had a girlfriend when i tell you briefly like it was like two days you I did <laughs> yes yeah, okay. But I briefly had my first girlfriend in community school while I was still part of like that Haitian circle, and I was so paranoid. I, the thing is, like anybody who, I don't know if this pertains to like Caribbean people generally, but Haitian circles, 
always, always, they always know each other. Every Haitian knows everybody in your in your family, even if you don't think there's a relationship. Like mm. the people that I knew from my school who were like around my age, mm -hmm. um, there was a time that they went to the same party as my brother and my brother and I like look alike to other people. I don't really see it, but they we look alike to, to other people. So they saw my brother recognized him because they knew me and approached him and spoke with him this is all because they were in the same place at the same time yeah, no. so <laughs> i don't want to be like you know my paranoia was like justified but it was justified every haitian person has some way shape or form of like getting back to your family it's so weird so around that time like i was very paranoid like very anxiety ridden like i was like what if they find out what if they like what mm -hmm. if somebody tells my parents what if they tell like somebody else who's not my parents who's like an aunt who then tells my parents like i was so like in my head about it and, like super um freaked out but the person who um i was dating at the time we ended up staying friends and that was like the one i think well actually two people but one of the other like the other person we ended up like not not staying friends but the person that I was dating was like amongst two people that I knew and confirmed that were like in my circle that were also gay. So one of them was like pansexual. Um, the person that I dated was like bi. So that was like in community school. Then I transferred to our school, um, our university, mm -hmm. and I met you. I met the other person that we know. Yeah. And then, and then others. <laughs> others I, <laughs> the thing is like for anybody that knew us at that time if i say my relationship to like that person that i want to mention they'll know who it is yeah there were others because my there were others the, there were other people that same period was when i lost my virginity that was part of the others. <laughs> right. Other people. <laughs> other there people. Were, there were other people involved. Um, Let's just say that. That was honestly the first time that I've had a group mm -hmm. that I've been in a group that was so large, a friend group that large. Because usually I'll have like one or two here mm -hmm. and there. But yeah. that one, that when I was, so I went to college in my 20s. I'm mm -hmm. in my 30s now. Uh, but I had to drop out because of financial issues. You know, mm -hmm. get a job, support the family. Like that whole period, we were dirt poor. Mm -hmm. um, then I managed to get back into college, mm -hmm. and in that period, um, I met Noemi and yes, other friend, people and other people. And we're saying other people confidentiality because yeah. you could guess it if you're LGBT, yeah. you could guess why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. but. Uh, that was probably the only time that I've been in a group where, honestly, if you look at it like in terms of like numbers, it was a decent amount. Like, it was a decent amount. It was yes, it was, it was a, decent a decent amount. amount. I don't want to say like exactly. I'm not gonna say the numbers, like that, but, but looking back on it, it, it was, was probably the only circle in my life that it was a for, decent amount of LGBT for engineering. Like all for engineering, it really some some days like it really felt like the gays assembled like it, and it was did. our group somehow it's like we all just it's like i don't know somebody yeah. uh, put the gay alarm and we all gathered yeah i don't know how and then happened. we're all like oh i hear it yeah, yeah. And it's like you know so that's you know, what happens it's just like one of those situations it's like you know being openly gay mm -hmm. other people followed and mm -hmm. i lost my virginity <laughs> you know things happen things happen it's like whoop virginity gone i mean it was like part is like part of me when i wanted to before i get turned 30 and that was in my mind maybe i manifested it it's like i wanted to graduate and i wanted to lose my virginity <laughs> hey going to 29 being openly gay where it, the the stereotype is promiscuity and then it's like, I was literally like an incel for most of my life. <laughs> Yikes, I know. Wait, it, are you saying like a genuine incel? Like a genuine, genuine, like by the definition incel? Like what is that? Like what is, because I, 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 I know what the that. internet people. I don't people, think you mean that. I know the internet people. You probably just mean that you were sad and bitter that you were single. You're not an incel. <laughs> well, I was celibate. 
I would say that. Okay. Not That's what it's involuntarily celibate. No, I'm not supporting the damn it. <laughs> okay, because like, I think you need to. I want you to make that clear. I am not. I I dispose, I know those motherfuckers. Yeah, um, you're not. But, but you're just like you didn't want to be single. I didn't want to be single. Were. I was because I was in a situation where I was celibate in an involuntarily sense. Yes. Which is true. And then it's not because it was like, I could have blamed society. I could, but it's like, you know, I was supported it and it happen. was in a safe... It, yeah, it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen, yeah. <laughs> I love the fact like, <laughs> that you were just like, Andrew, you're not one of those, Andrew. And you're like, mm, <clears throat> take it back. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I know. I know those people too. I'm on the internet too. I was on Tumblr. <laughs> Hi... So, uh, funny place to end a conversation. <laughs> um, actually, there's going to be three parts to this intersectionality episode. Uh, and you just listen to part one. Part two is coming up next about STEM. Get fun, get fun. And part three is specifically about Noemi. Because she's black. So, catch us next time on Queer Perspective. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to Queer Perspective. We'd love some feedback, so please leave some reviews wherever you're listening to this podcast or on Instagram at Queer Perspective Pod. See you next time.